Easy All and welcome to the first ever episode of Straight Up Breakbeat Podcast. For the next hour or so we'll be checking out brand new releases on the label, uh, forthcoming stuff. Plus, we have a very very special guest today. Joining us a bit later, we've got the one and only Fano. So welcome. First track today is by Ian 4 It's called Respect. Respect, respect. And it's out now on vinyl and digital. And it's part of the Pure White EP on Straight Up Breakbeat slash Sub1996. This one's called 12-bit by our guest today, Funnel. The 12-inch vinyl is still available. And of course it's available as well on digital.
this generation. That's a brand new track by Esk. It will be part of his forthcoming EP. Looking forward to release that, hopefully towards the end of May. And right after this we'll be taking a jump to Fanus Studios to have a chat with the man himself about his career as a producer, as a DJ, as an all-around audio mastermind. So that's in a bit. Okay, so hey, we are, we are here uh, in the deepness of uh, the studio uh, by the man they called Fanu. Uh, welcome. Thank you. It's <laughs> it's the first first ever episode of the podcast, and I thought oh, it would be nice to to have a something special. And you are the special one, as they call. Uh, first of all, uh, could you just enlighten us where the name Fanu comes from? Yeah, I've been trying to keep that a secret because the story is seriously stupid. But I'll just say it, because when I was a kid, I, I had a sticker of some elephant, th- that sort of shit. And I had a friend who had this stupid habit of giving people like stupid fucking nicknames based on hardly anything. But he came up with Fanu based on seeing that elephant sticker. So that's it. That's the fucking most uncool story you've ever heard, but you know now you know. <laughs> well, we we all have those stories. My DJ name comes from a uh, birthday party for a club called Nylon back in the day in Helsinki, where we were blowing balloons for the party decorations. Mm. And uh, as my cheeks were so blown <laughs> blown up when I was blowing the balloons, and somebody called that, hey, you look like Dizzy Gillespie. So that's how I got my DJ name. But now that's sorted, so we can move on. Um, I think, I mean, quite a few people would be interested to know a little bit of your background as a producer. When and how did it all start out? Uh, It's probably somewhere early 90s. Um, It would be interesting to maybe understand, have you ever gotten like a proper education for the production? Are you self-taught? And and kind of uh, give a little bit of history for, for for your history. <laughs> no, you don't really really need any sort of education to make aim into that. <laughs> no, well, I started, um, it goes pretty far back. I started, uh, to my best recollection, it was around 92. I had an Amiga and a software called Octamed. And just a lot of other people's tunes that I was listening to, the, the 
that con then contemporary dance music and that sort of stuff like James Brown is dead and that sort of stuff like I loved it and people were sampling rhythm is a dance <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I kind of missed that era but yeah uh, I started around those days and uh, it just I don't know it just happened I, I don't really have any deeper explanation for that but you know it just it was just one of those things that I just tried out and I felt like hey this feels pretty good and maybe I have something to say well it took quite a few years to realize what I want to say because I was just ripping off other people's samples and yeah. doing nothing new but but you started out on on uh, hardware software I mean uh, back in the day it was just a computer Amiga yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the, the computer <laughs> I, I think it had four tracks so that's you, enough that's enough. yeah you have to be pretty creative but uh it was a good start i loved it so the, as for influences I mean, you mentioned the kind of dance club tunes of, uh, of that time but did you have some other kind of musical background i i think people my age in finland pretty much everybody has gone through a heavy metal phase oh, do yeah. you have do you have one um, oh, dude. yeah <laughs> because up, up up till that moment let's say early 90s ish I definitely was listening to rock and you know Scorpions and Metallica Ooh. and my twin brother he's uh, he's still into metal and stuff like that so I definitely got exposed to metal but you know it never really clicked but when I heard some of those like early dance electro electronic pop techno kind of stuff it kind of sounded like something way more interesting so that that's where it started and and one thing led to another do you still recall what's your first official release uh when when was that and on which label i have a hunch but i'm not I'm oh not yeah sure. my first official <laughs> release was a uh, flip side of uh, 12 inch on a label called brain shakers a real like a really small danish label and it was a bit of a roller kind of thing i was definitely going through a quick roller phase <laughs> and i was sort of sort of semi-embarrassed to say that but you know I, i try not to regret anything but that was my first release yeah but it's the first and i, yeah. I think you need to start somewhere i, I guess and I, think, uh, yeah. i remember because I, i i would have said that as well brain yeah, shakers yeah. out of denmark i've never heard yeah. of them afterwards but yeah. i think i mean yeah to be honest it, it it's It's sign of the times in a way. You you kind of oh, uh, definitely because that's the style that was quite kind of popular at, around that time. I think. Yeah, I was going because back uh, around that time, I ha I was already in Helsinki because I moved to Helsinki around well January 2000. I was going to the events back then, and they were playing that sort of stuff. And so yeah, but hey, we have to go back to 90s because you actually have a part in that as well. Because in the 90s, I was like one of the big things for me in terms of drum and bass was radio shows because you know we don't really have any record stores in the middle of the woods where I lived literally mm. so listening to radio was a big thing and um, I was listening to shows like dance mob that played dance and well I, I think it was just called dance I, I guess and you were doing a show back then around mid 90s and you yeah, were 90, 95 until yeah. I think it, it went on to 2007-ish I think mm. but yeah the first ones in, in mid 90s Definitely, I, I think I think you're, where you're getting at is the fact that back then we don't we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have internet as such. Uh, obviously, it was there, but it was not for for listening purposes so much. So you had radio, you had magazines, you had travels to UK, London, wherever. Yeah. And that's how you kind of sourced the idea and then the new music. So radio had a big big impact back yeah. in the day. Because yeah, it's kind of crazy or funny now to think back to those times and like you. Uh, internet really did not exist so you had to have something I was going to a nearby city called Oulu 
and they had um they had a record store and there i bought logical progression too i remember that very well but yeah radio so your shows were a big thing to me because it was regular listening and I, and I was recording everything on tape and just going through those tapes over and over again so it really fucking thank you dude <laughs> you're welcome and to be honest i could not listen to those shows uh i think my kind of the way i presented the shows was really shitty but thank god the music was good so it's uh <laughs> yeah all about the music definitely yeah so yeah i mean that that's that's the history and, and then i think I don't know, it might be wrong, but to me, the kind of first major, in a way, that breakthrough uh, release, perhaps for Siren Song, or how would you...? Yeah, probably for the sort of bigger audience. Well, drum and bass has never been for a bigger audience, but in terms of drum and bass audience, probably Siren Song was definitely the one that took me around the world for a few years, and I, I had a good run just to... I was playing the music that I loved for people all around Europe and the US. So yeah, that was definitely a good thing for my career or whatever <laughs> and that was on released in uh, 2000 probably five five-ish, yeah. or, or six i'm not sure yeah. and when did your label lightless when did that start and how, how kind of what's your vision with that uh, as opposed to for example producing for other labels That's funny because <laughs> I literally cannot remember the year that he started. Was it <laughs> something <laughs> you can find it on Discogs? Something over ten years ago, probably like twelve years ago. It started because up till then I was working with a lot of uh, a lot of labels, just shopping my songs around, which was actually now that I think of it, it was sort of decent promotion because all the different labels were releasing my music. So back then, um, one of the pretty central distribution companies called ST Holdings. They had been paying attention to what I was doing, shopping tunes around, and they got in touch and just, in a nutshell, they just suggested to me that I could start a label through them and see how it goes. So that's how it started, basically. Yeah, I'm just actually checking out Discogs. It would probably be 2006, yeah. so five-ish would be the start. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Who else? Uh, who else has been uh, releasing apart from yourself? My probably one of my favorites is it's released by Nafta. Yeah. Um, what's, yeah. what's happening with him? Do have you been in touch? I mean, I have no idea because that's a brilliant, brilliant kind of uh, reggae influence oh, yeah. track. It, totally. That was a that, that was a killer. good good record for Lightless as well because I remember that era very well i think it had like those tunes had definitely had something to say i have no idea what nafta is doing nowadays i think he's always been a bit of a low-key kind of guy so i'm pretty sure he's still making music in ireland i i think but uh, i don't know some other artists that i released was a psycom and marchman i don't know what those guys are doing and uh Yeah, Lightless has never been that super active in terms of releasing other people's music because I don't know how selfish it sounds, but I just started started it for myself because I needed like a solid platform for what I was doing. 
I mean, when you do it for a while, it, you kind of start feeling that you may want to actually own the music. Uh, in a few few years from now, like you will be the boss of what happens to the music, whatever you want to do with it. So that was one of the reasons. It felt good to sort of own the music, and you know, of course, it's a trade off. When somebody releases your music, they to some extent they will probably own the rise to your music. And you know, I just felt like I feel good about owning my own music. It kind of just makes sense. So moving on, let's let's talk a little bit about the DJing and other bits like right. uh, the mastering, mixing side of things. All right. Uh, actually, I think I hadn't heard you DJ for maybe 10 years uh, until a few months ago when I visited a club called uh, Merikerho in Helsinki for the night put by the beautiful lads from the science. Yeah. And I was actually blown away. I, I think you you were really really good DJ, and I was just wondering where where why this hap- doesn't happen more often. Obviously in Finland there's a reason. It's it's uh, the city is a bit small, Helsinki. Um, there aren't too many venues. Uh, the style that you're playing is maybe not the most popular over here, but however it could be in some other parts. Uh, so. Uh, Enlighten us what's happening with the DJ side of things. Oh, dude, I cannot make this sound cool, so I'll just say it like it is because that's how I, how I am as a person. There's very little happening on the DJ front right now. I don't know why. It's a long story because, like, after the subtitles thing, which was a long ass time ago, I was going around the world DJing, but that then again, that was before the crazy internet likes and internet saturation era where everybody was a label and a producer so i don't know i don't want to sound bitter but there hasn't really been very much in the past few years i don't know really i'm not probably to be super honest i'm probably not the best person to say why it is i've never said that i don't want to dj but you know maybe the demand is there maybe maybe not i'm not original enough maybe i'm not sexy enough (laughs) uh Sexy, I agree, but the uh, originality, originality definitely is there, and I think it's probably just a sign of the times, really. Uh, the, yeah. the kind of the, the pockets of sound are still there, but they are very small, and they are yeah. all around the world. So it kind of needs a little bit of effort to find those right places. And yeah. I think whoever is listening, I mean, just for you to remember that the man's available. Now going into something else, um, I think one of the reasons maybe you haven't been as as kind of. Um, visible on the web forums or wherever people nowadays hang around but is the reason that you're working a lot as a mastering engineer uh you are having courses in ableton yeah. or giving courses in ableton um and now working also on a private um, kind of a video tutorial as well yeah so there's a lot of lot of work putting in or put in <clears throat> over the week over the months over the year which kind of takes away also the self-promotion needed essentially yeah. for the DJing side of things as well so the mixing and mastering a bit um, maybe just a few words on what's the kind of service range yeah. <laughs> if you really switch into the business lingo what, what, what do you oh. what do you do how do you do I mean what kind of uh, services do you offer on that front yeah in a nutshell I mix and master music so and why and it's it just sort of became my job little by little step by step um, I don't know maybe seven years ago or something when I started offering it 
and because you know I've, I've always been doing electronic music and music in like treating music electronically like I said before you want to find something that you're good at and you you're gonna push it as far as you can and that was one of those things because at some point I, I spent many many years just making music without actually caring that much about how it sounds but at one point I was like fuck it dude I want to I want to really handle this thing well and when I sort of started caring and you know learned everything in inside out it was just so natural I started offering that like <clears throat> I started mentioning online that you know I could try offering this to other guys and Things just sort of kind of blew up, to be honest. It happened really fast because everybody was happy. I'm I'm being actually super fucking honest here. Like everybody was happy, and I was like, dude, this could be it, because I I do actually have a teacher's degree from the university. That was sort of my, I don't know. I've always been sort of decent at English, I guess, and you know I wanted to go and study English at the university and do uh, official teacher's degree on the side. I graduated there. I worked as uh, I, I worked for one year as a English teacher at a very respected school of Viki in Helsinki. But that year, fucking, um, I'll be honest, it killed me creative. Like my creative side died. I couldn't pursue that. the The pay was great, but I couldn't do that. So a little after that, I was like, I'm I'm gonna try this audio engineering thing, and boom, it literally just happened. And it's been happening ever since. And the the works are coming in from all around the world, I guess. Oh yeah, totally. Like my my client base is more international than Finnish. In the past two years, there's definitely been Finnish clients as well, but now it's international. I work with electronic music in a nutshell, like all forms of bass music, like drum and bass, dubstep, down tempo, techno. Uh, house and that sort of stuff. I, I I have pretty decent acoustics and I have a pretty good understanding of how those genres should work. And also hip hop and trap, those are the main genres that I work with. I work very little with rock and stuff like that, but I I do get that and it's always been successful. So yeah. So if anybody happens to get interested, where where they, where can they get information on on your mixing mastering services? Oh, you can check out my site funomusic.com. All you need is there and. Funnel at funnelmusic.com is my email address. You can contact me there. But that's my main gig, really. I mean, at least five days every week. That's what I. That's what I work with. And then on top of that, there's the uh, tutorials and and teaching how to use the production tools themselves. Yeah, because you know I'm a nerd, dude. I love. <laughs> I love. The, the doll that I used. I, I know, I actually, I realize I'm going to sound like a salesman, but this is not an ad. I love Ableton Live. You know, when when I started using it, that's one of uh, that's one of those things that I just wanted to learn 100%. And when I found out that you can actually get certified in it, I just went for it. And I got my official certificate of Ableton Live trainer in, was it 2000 and fucking, I forgot, I'm old. Was it 2016 <laughs> or 17? So I've had it for like, I don't know, two and a half years, three years. So I'm doing that on the side and um, about to put out uh, Ableton Live Basics video, super close to finishing. So all that is pretty much more than enough. <laughs> Bass jungle is not. That's not the only style of music that you're working with. Uh, so there's another label, isn't there? Oh yeah. Oh, for hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Fat Ventures. It's a 
sort of new and it's been going as slowly as <laughs> Lightless as well. But uh, yeah, for hip hop, Fat Ventures is the thing. We just, uh, the latest Fat Ventures thing just recently came out. It's by my good friend who goes by the artist name of E1 12 bit. And he put an album out. And before that, I did some um, hip hop releases of mine under my Fat Giver artist name. So yeah, that's uh, my second thing. And that's all available in, on Bandcamp, I'm sure. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, all the Fat Giver stuff is up on my Bandcamp. That's funo.bandcamp.com. But there's also fatventures.bandcamp.com that has my stuff and now the E1 LP. And there will be more coming. I've actually finished another Fat Giver LP. Just gotta think of when it's when it's coming out. So going back to uh, the drum and bass releases, um, obviously we have 12-bit drums for freedom, recently out on on straight up breakbeat. Before that, uh, probably one of my favorite releases of all year last year was uh, your Spooks EP on your own label. And obviously there's the Metalheads thing which came out towards the end of the last year as well. Mm. So what's cooking now? What are, what are the next next few releases coming out uh, from the Octaman himself? <laughs> oh, uh, well, next Metalheads EP will be happening. It was just yesterday that w- that I was sort of finalizing some plans for the for its release, and uh, definitely another Metalheads EP. Definitely this year. You will hear more later soon, and. Uh, I've also been, I've never been one to collaborate much, but I've been collaborating with another Finnish guy called Invader. He he has a similar style, a little bit more rough and dirty and should I say a little more in Euro funky, but we, I think we found a certain wavelength that we operate on and we've been doing some tracks and there will be an EP on Lightless coming out pretty soon, probably. Uh, we just, he just, Vila, he just wrapped up the art and so that's one. What else? I actually have my first ever techno vinyl release is coming out in April on a small US label called Friend Zone. And so basically, yeah, that's some techno type of shit. There is actually there is an aim and break on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so don't worry. <laughs> I know. So yeah, th- those are like the most imminent thing and. Yeah, fuck. I think I'm also working on some more shit for your label, dude. Well, we hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Speaking of which, um, there are a few bits and pieces coming out in the next few months. We'll be coming back to those a bit later on the show. Uh, I think now it's time to take a short break and listen to a track called Scorpio Men. Or Scorpio right. Men. Scorpio uh, Men. Men. Uh, men. And uh, yeah, we'll get back to that in a minute.
Domnen. It's got to be one of my favorites, if not the favorite track by Fano from the last year or so, apart from the tracks on, on Straight Up Breakbeat, of course. Yeah, maybe if you can share a bit of a light on, on the production and where the breaks, beats come from. Yeah, I cannot really, because I don't, the one thing that I don't want to do is I don't want to re- reveal my samples, but uh, it's definitely, uh, okay, fuck it, I'll just say it, it's a Finnish break. But I, I, I don't want to say more than that. And there are two versions of that break. And there's a, I, there's a, there's a seven-inch version and an LP version. So what you have heard is the seven-inch version. And on my Metalheads EP, there will be the LP version. It, that sounds a little different. That's a weird-ass fucking EQ, EQ curve applied to it that I can't undo. But you know that's the. Think sometimes you want to work with something that sounds a little weird that gives it a, its its character, but yeah, it's a finished break. And when I can, I try and work with some drums that have not necessarily been used, and I fucking guarantee that has not been used. No, before. that's for sure. Yeah. If if it has been, let me know, and I'll buy anyone a beer. But because uh, to me, drum and bass, to a great extent, was about drums, obviously drum and bass, but there were other things as well. I mean, if I quickly go back to mid 90s, I loved the soundscapes and stuff like because I think producers were sampling a lot of stuff like Deep House and the Deep House influence was there. But what spoke to me the most in general in electronic music in early mid 90s was the broken beat rhythm. And that really just um, was a big thing to me. Like I'm, I'm thinking back to this Moby track called Feeling so real, and the breakbeat in that was just like so good. Mm-hmm. So in my music, I, I've always thought that in life, if you find something that kind of speaks to you, it's it's nice to try and take it as far as you can you can take it. I mean, life is short enough to be fuck like it's so short. You want to get good good at something and find your thing. And to me, drums have have always been the the one thing. So I'm trying to find some breaks that haven't been used before in drum and bass and it's not actually always easy it's fucking hard to find something that kind of works in drum and bass but when you find it you gotta use it and that was something that i found i was like dude this i have to make a song with this break and and whenever that date comes when you just <laughs> you just can't find anything new <laughs> you go back to amen how, how how on earth do you kind of get yourself working with the amen like for the 1000th time all over again. I mean, where, where's the inspiration? How, how how do you motivate yourself to to get back to the lab <laughs> with the Amen oh, the, again? I, I would say the answer to that is, I would say that question actually tells something about you. But my answer is, it's a classic. It's the same thing as playing the piano or guitar. I mean, if you look at it from the perspective of, of has it, uh, like, has anyone done it before? Yeah, it's fucking boring, but it sounds good. And, you know, it's almost uh, like a little niche subgenre of its own aim and tune. So once you get past the am I original enough bullshit, mm. it's great. And, you know, I've always said that probably the number one thing in music is to make good music. Like, that does become, uh, sorry, that comes before trying to be super original if you can nail both great well definitely yes i think it's it's about time for us as well uh, maybe just a few well just a recap of the forthcoming releases so we are at the straight up breakbeat headquarters we are wishing for a follow-up for the 12 bit slash drums for freedom and 
hint you can still buy that on vinyl digital on the, all the good shops but yeah looking forward for a follow-up and then yes then there's the metalheads release yeah lightless oh yeah metalheads lightless i'm not, at this moment i'm not sure which one's coming out first but they're definitely approaching release schedule pipeline and uh my first techno effort with Amen <laughs> in April. The record has already been pressed. My hip hop album on Fat Ventures probably quarter four, probably. And other, I'm working on a, like a genre less album right now. So yeah, I don't sleep. I just work and make music. <laughs> that's that's a recap. <laughs> Well, I think that's enough for one person, maybe even two. So uh, I just want to say thank you um, for the show, joining the show, and then mm. also um, good luck with the year 2019. It's going to be a big one. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And oh, I, I am actually working on that shit for you. I was actually working <laughs> on a song before you arrived. So there's, there is stuff coming up. Dude. You heard it here first. <laughs> So there you have it, that's Funnel. And this one's another brilliant, brilliant producer from Finland. He goes by the name of ReSound. It's a track called Ghetto Funk. It's been unreleased for at least 10 years. I'm hoping to include that in the forthcoming compilation of early drum and bass and jungle tunes from our Nordic capital.
So that's hopefully forthcoming towards the end of the year. And here's another track from the forthcoming-esque EP. It's a track called Black Tiles. So watch out for this in about May.
G. A brand new track called Nima in Orbit. It should be out now as we speak. It's a digital only release, so look out for that in Bandcamp and all the digital outlets. Speaking of which, our Bandcamp site is up and running, so it's straight up breakbeat.bandcamp.com. Right now it has the digital files, but in a very short time we're hoping to include the vinyl as well.
finishing off with these two tracks from the first two releases of the year. That one was Wither by Ian 4 And this last one, Fanu, Drums for Freedom. just want to give a big big and massive shout out to all the people listening based on our SoundCloud data I, I know you're there in cities like Ipswich Berlin Amsterdam London obviously Ho Chi Minh City Vietnam Katowice, Poland, Tokyo, and countries like Mexico, Romania, Switzerland. A huge, huge thank you to each one of you. This is ODJ Dizzy. Until next time, peace.